Hell is overflowing. And Satan is sending his dead to us. Yeah, bud. What? Welcome, friends, to the Joe Blow Horror Show, where we review, rate, discuss, and break down horror movies, not your horror films. You can get that art house shit out of here. We're drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon and crushing old school horror movies. Welcome, friends, to the Summer of the Dead series, episode number two in the series. With me, as always, is the bearded monster from the South. Tibu himself, the ultimate vinyl cider, best in the business. What's up, buddy? Hey, I'm happy to be here. This is awesome. We've got a we've got a hoot nanny going down here tonight. Oh, there, yeah, you betcha, there, eh? Yeah, we got a hoot nanny, <laughs> and with us in this hoot nanny, I got some fellow friends from up north. So you are on the bottom side of the planet. Uh, I, I, it's hot here in Iowa, but. You know, up in northern Minnesota, I've got some of my northern climate friends joining us for this episode. We got Ryan and Lou. What's up, boys? Howdy. Hello. Happy to be here. You guys are, we had to bring you in for this series. When I told Tibu that we were going to be doing a Summer of the Dead series covering the the greatest franchise of all time, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I was going to say, we had to bring in the big guns. and you guys are 
I mean, if you go in the encyclopedia, actually people don't even know what those are anymore. Uh, if you mm -hmm. Google zombie, right next to the picture of George Romero, you're going to find the faces of Lou Page and Ryan Murphy. Oh, how guys, I wish that was true. <laughs> <laughs> you probably just have Stan Lee next to him because yeah. like, he kind of looks like George Romero. They kind of do, except you'd have to stock, stack two Stan Lees on top of each other to get to the height of George Romero. But. That's true. I never really thought about that. Stanley standing on the shoulders of the giant George Romero. Wait. There you go. <laughs> but the reason I, I'm pipping these guys out is because you guys have your own podcast. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Uh, we do Zombies Ate My Podcast, uh, where pretty much every week we talk about something zombie-related, news, video games, uh, TV shows, movies. It, it, when we started it many, many moons ago, we didn't realize that we'd have that much to talk about. We thought it, we thought we'd run out of things to talk about, you know, after six months to a year. And lo and behold, we're going on nine years to talk about zombies. Who, who knew? Nice. And yeah. hey, when last the Last of Us hits, you guys are probably gonna like see a lot of people if you guys talk about it, which I'm sure you will. A lot of people are gonna become coming to uh, take a take a gander at your wares at that point. For sure, like that—that that show is going to blow up huge. Yeah. Maybe I'm—I'm I'm personally looking forward to it. I know it's being shot up here in Calgary, Alberta, right now, and uh, I've seen some set photos and stuff. And it's just—I'm a big fan of The Last of Us. Um, I know Lou has uh, stepped away from the franchise. <laughs> of, I, I, I like uh, the first one, and the second one hit me at the wrong moment. Yeah, yeah. I was not digging out my Pedro PS4. Pascal, I, I was. Man. I wasn't digging out my PS4 out of the closet to play it, so. Yeah. We'll watch the TV show, though, and I think we'll talk about it. You know, um, Lou puts me through my paces uh, with zombie content, so uh, I, I get to make him do stuff on occasion, too. So we'll watch it for sure. Not to get too far off tangent, but on Wednesday, I finally popped in The Last of Us Part Two. I'm about an hour in. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, I got to say. I'm excited to, to, to play through it. The first one's probably one of my all-time favorite games ever. So, I really enjoyed the first one, and I wanted to get into the second one, and I was like, ah, but my PS4 is in a closet, and I don't really want to yeah. dig it out. I'm not paying 60 bucks for it either. Never mind. I'll just well, wait till it's on sale. Country blumpkins down here in the middle of nowhere just don't have access to PS5s yet. So, I don't have a PS5 either. I'm a PC guy. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. So I just want to point you guys in their direction. Back in 1994, when they started this podcast, you know, got... I, I, I wish. <laughs> yeah, we would. Uh, we would have another decade under our belt if we started in '94. So well, I was gonna say, you guys got tons and tons of content out there. It's an awesome show. I've literally listened to. I started up a couple of years ago, but I went back and listened to every single episode. Unlike our podcast, if this is for some reason your first listen, don't go back and listen to anything before like episode 20. But with theirs, start from episode one. It's great. No, <laughs> don't. Episode you can't one say is that. so bad. Because now everyone's going to go back and listen to your episode one because that's what happened. We told people not to, yeah, we so they do. Said, oh. It's a running joke. We've literally said, don't go back to episode one. And then we get emails being like, wait, wait, I started with episode one. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Oh, see, the problem with ours, though, is we had huge editing issues. I don't know if the content is that bad as it sounds like, you know. No, the content's the great. 
Oscar the Grouch inside of a garbage can talking through a muffler into the microphone. It was just terrible. So I, I, I'm going to pimp my shit then if everyone's pimping everything. Go for it. Yeah, fucking uh, the nightclub. You can start with episode one, motherfucker. Shit's good. It's good all the way. There you go. And, I, and, and, and Joe Blow's good all the way. And go check out Zombies Ain't My Podcast. You just got a buffet <laughs> of horror podcasts and going like right into your ear holes. Whoever's listening to this, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, your bellies are going to be full after that buffet of awesomeness. And with that, I don't know about you, Tibu, but I see some headlights coming down the road. It sounds like a biker gang. Oh, bro. I'm so ready because I'm thirsty. All right. Well, what do you say we take a stop into the titty twister here and see what they got on tap? Bro. All right, I am going to start us off here at the Titty Twister. Uh, Lou Page, the good sir from the north, uh, is going to be driving the carriage with us tonight. So he's manning the horses while Tibu and I with Ryan are going to go in. Salma Hayek's got, I mean, she's working those taps pretty aggressively. So I'm going to start off with with, uh, the beer I got. So I, I was waiting for this beer. I bought this beer because it's a perfect pairing for tonight's show, mostly just because of the title. So see if you guys can see that. It's called The Crispy Boy because one of my favorite scenes of the movie includes a crispy boy. Um, Kids, if you're listening, don't shoot gas pumps because (laughs) bad things are going to happen, especially if you have a torch in the back of a truck because you're going to turn into a crispy boy this is from barntown brewing it's a pastry lager it is brewed with freeze-dried strawberries vanilla sandwich cookies strawberry shortcake muffins and marshmallow fluff sponsored by the joe blow horror show so i'm gonna give this a crack here what about you boys who's next um i'll jump jump in and uh let y'all know i'm drinking a tried and true this is a staple of mine uh one of a few i've got blue moon belgian white right here it's a belgian wheat ale most people have had this. It's a pretty standard beer. So many rock shows spent down in these these bad boys. Um, it's kind of light on the alcohol, 5.4%. So something you can, I would call this semi-crushable. Some people couldn't handle this, you know, just pounding them. But they're good, especially after being in the sun for 12 hours a day. I need some crispy goodness. But, yeah, that's all I've got here. Just some, some old blue moon, old blue moon down here in Louisiana. Nice, nice. Well, uh, I brought something from good old Canada for everybody to uh, be jealous about. I'm drinking a Bob Cajun Brewing Company Houseboat. They all they have all these cute names for all their beers. Um, So uh, it's not connected to the movie whatsoever. I don't think there's a boat in the movie at all. Uh, Although if you go watch. Hey, you know, there's a boatload of zombies. There's a boatload of zombies. I think if you were to pair this with an actual zombie movie, it would probably be the one where there is a boat. I think it's the one with... Uh, Fulci? I don't know. I'm trying to think if it's the one with... Um, the, the one with the, the Hobbit you're, guy. You're thinking of Cargo. 
Oh, cargo. cargo. Yeah, yeah, cargo. It starts out on a houseboat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah in Australia. So I this is a say, the beginning of zombie. It's there. The zombies on the fucking the yacht outside New York, right? Something like that. Yeah. I got it all fucked up. I'm sorry, Ryan. No, 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 I don't no, know. no, 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 no. Lose the guy. The hard, he knows the hard, it. the hard part is, is with all Fulci movies, they say they're in America, but often they look like they're filmed in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is a good point. I, you know, Lou is the is the expert when it comes to the movies. I just I remember the bits and pieces. But yeah, it's a it's a I don't know. It's a it's called a houseboat. It's a it's just a. It's a teal can. I'm not a big beer guy, but I do like craft beers. I like to try something new. And uh, I was at the farmer's market and they had these. So I picked them up and uh, yeah, I'm excited to bring, bring the uh, Bob Cajun onto the show. You, you know what? I'm the same way in that. Uh, I mean, I don't drink beer unless I, I don't drink the same beer. I always try something different. So, and I'm very impressed and glad that you brought something I've never even heard of. I've um, never heard of that either. Well, yeah, it's, so it's, it's called it's called a what? So it's a it's a, a Bob Cajun. So I don't know if you <laughs> I'm gonna get Canadian here. I don't know if you're familiar with the Tragically Hip. They might have made it down oh. there. Yeah. Um, but they have a song called Bob Cajun. Uh, it's a small village in Ontario, uh, Canada, and um, this brewing company really. Uh, took a shining to Bob Cajun. They named their brewing company after the little village. And yeah, it's the Bob Cajun brewing company. It's the houseboat. And uh, I guess there it's, I guess it's actually a a Hefeweizen. 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 Thank you. Yeah. So you're the beer guy and we've got a zombie. We got a bunch of zombie guys. So I'm the, I'm the, uh, I'm the new guy here. So yeah, no, I'm, uh, this is what I'm having. We're, we're getting way off topic here, but we're still at the titty twister so we can talk about beer. Um, sure. The Joe Blow Horror Show did its own pumpkin stout, and I will have to send you some. Ryan, depending on... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably be the shipping would be killer. It'd probably be cheaper <laughs> for me to drive it to you than to mail it, but we'll... we'll uh, as someone who has shipped things to Ryan, trust me, it ain't cheap. Yeah. yeah. No. You might want to just give me the recipe and I can brew it. My- <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It, it, you probably no, I, be done before you get it anyways. I had to I sent him a, I sent him a card at one point. I had to put like eight stamps on it. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, I just had a sip of this uh, crispy boy and it's actually pretty good. I mean, I, it, it's pretty light colored, uh, but it is a lager for some reason when I was reading it that, you'd you'd picture that in a stout more than a lager but it's kind of sweet and a a lot of those flavors come through so i'm kind of impressed kind of impressed so uh it sounds like the horses are getting a bit unruly outside and uh before we we leave i i I do have to say i have a question it's the kind of thing you ask in a bar when you've had a few drinks and getting kind of rowdy i gotta ask the canadians why'd you kick us out did we did we kick you out of some, something? Yeah. Oh, we kicked you yeah. out of the soccer uh, game, didn't we? No, 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 no. He's a, he's a he's a Cajun. He's a French Cajun. Oh, from Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. that was so us. What's up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nova. Yeah, Nova Scotia. Hey. Oh. The yeah. I'm, the hell, guys. I, I I I don't look at me. I, 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 Lou's not Canadian. I, He's going to bow as, out here. I'm as I'm as close to being Canadian as it can be, but no, I'm not Canadian. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry. Murphy, what's going on, man? 
I have no idea. I'll have no to uh, take so that to the Canada to... meeting and all I will I can, get all, back all, to you. All I can say is here in Maine, uh, we get French Canadians all summer long. That We're with a vacation because they can't go far enough south to Florida. They come to Maine instead. Oh, yeah. shit. The warm they go waters from one... of Maine. The Maine. No, well, okay. Well, look, man, I'm going to send you some gumbo, Ryan, as a, as a peace offering. All right. And then I mm. can I can I then visit Canada? Yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure you're allowed uh, to visit. You're allowed to visit, but not right now. They're they're, they're in lockdown. <laughs> oh, oh I think I think you're allowed to visit. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the rules are well, actually because I haven't left the country in a while. <laughs> well, I just know that I had a conversation oh. with one of my other Canadian friends, and they were talking about their their province was still in lockdown. They weren't even letting other Canadians in, and I was like, oh wow. I wish Maine yeah. would do that. Yeah, I don't think we're we're out of so the province I'm in is out of lockdown now. Um, we just lifted, and I think the the Canadian border has been shut to non essential travel, uh, as well as the U.S. border for that matter from Canada um, since the pandemic started. But I think they were lifting it for folks uh, who have family and uh, who can either take a COVID test or proof of vaccination. So like. It's getting there. Um, I think it's it's the next logical step with everything going on. And uh, yeah, soon we will welcome all. And yeah. I, I hope to visit soon. That you guys are so strict because you have a zombie outbreak and you're just too embarrassed. To the, <laughs> the Canadian I zombie think. outbreak of yeah. 2020. That's yeah. what really went down. Look, it's yep. all good. And in all seriousness, I'm just fucking around. I'm being cool, y'all. Uh, but um, I've had the herbal enchantments, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. Let's, uh, yeah, let's roll the fuck out of this bar because um, yeah. we've got something really fucking exciting to talk about tonight. All right, let's hop into our feature review of Night of the Living Dead. Okay, Night of the Living Dead. This is obviously the remake from 1990. It's rated R, 92 minutes. This was directed by Tom Savini, and there's actually some misinformation out there about how this movie came about. Um, interesting enough, most people, at least the, the zombie nerds and cinephiles, are aware of what happened with the 68 version. Obviously, you just listened to that episode, so you know what I'm talking about. But what I'm talking about in detail are the rights and the fact that Russo and Romero basically didn't get paid for it. So this movie wasn't a Tom Savini movie per se. This movie was actually, I would say, um, Romero wanted to wet his beak a little bit, man. He's he like, did. I didn't get I mean, the this money. Was, this was, so. Yeah, this was Russo and Romero are the ones that were pushing this and they want, they were trying to push it for a long time. It just yeah. took 22 years for it's it. His, it's his fucking up. money. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. He wanted to, you wanted to make some money off of it. That and I know Savini was eager to direct as well. So, yeah, yeah. Well, they they did have to. So, so Savini was supposed to be the gore or gore. Well, yeah, gore effects guy on the first movie, but he had Vietnam commitments, and they were going to bring him <laughs> in for this one here. And at first, he was a little bit reluctant. Um, so yeah, it did take a little bit of arm twisting, but they got him to 
yeah, they got him to obviously. And for me, the first thing is, is you know it's a Savini movie within the first five minutes because as soon as the first zombie shows up and you see the mangled face, you go, oh, yep, yep nope, this is, this is definitely not the original. This is Savini again. Okay, yep. we're good. Yes, yes, yes. Fuck yeah. So obviously, again, directed by Tom Savini, it was adapted from the John A. Russo and George A. Romero, Romero screenplay. For those of you that did not look prior, what do you think this got on IMDb? Hmm. I don't think I looked. Uh, 50%. I'd, 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 give so it a, I'd probably say 60. Okay, a five and a six. What about you, Travis? Uh, I did not look. On, this is on the B? We're talking about the B right now. The remake, I don't, man, and that's hard to gauge, especially a lot of the reviews probably came from the 90s. I'm going to shoot a, at, at a six as well. Okay, well, yeah, so remember, IMDb is user reviews, if you guys wanted to change anything. Oh, I did oh. not know that. Hmm. Yeah, IMDb is user reviews. That's why we do Rotten Tomatoes critics after. Okay, I'll still go with a six, 6.2. Okay. IMDb. I might bump mine up to a seven. I feel like from a user standpoint, probably a little more. I know a lot of people that don't like this movie, so I'm going to say a five. I'm I can see a lot of people hating on it. I could see yeah. it. Ryan, you're the closest, but according to the Price is Right rules, you busted because it's yeah. a 6.9. Oh. Uh, yeah. Very, very impressive. Yes. Um, I, I'm impressed that it, it gets that much on user reviews because every time yeah. I bring this movie up, People go, oh, the original's better. And I'm like, no, it's That's not. like a 9.5 on IMDb rating. Like a 6.9, that's like Goodfellas type rating. It's ridiculous. Now let's switch gears and go to the IMD, or the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. 35. Uh, percentage. Percentage. This is critics. 35. 35%? Yep. Yeah. I don't have a lot of experience with, you know, critics' opinions of horror films. But I, I do, I do feel like, and I want to make sure everybody knows, like these numbers don't necessarily equate what what I or probably other people thought of the film uh, outside of the critics. But I would probably go with a 40 percent. I would say. Okay. Yeah, as far it's and for us, it's just a guessing game. At least mm-hmm. on my part, uh, Boss Tuna always asks me like th- these these questions on our regular episodes, and I guess if I hadn't looked at it, so critic score this movie. On the Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, man. I'd go kind of like where I, I think Lou was saying, like 30-something percent. Um, it, I don't think it'd be very high. Man, you guys aren't giving this a credit it deserves. We're <laughs> talking 66%, boys. Oh, really? Good. I'm right. glad. Oh, that, 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 I'm surprised. That's, uh, hey, I'll take it. Yep. That's, that's... The critics noticed the shit. Thank they did. You. They did, except one, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I absolutely hate that critic. Anyways, so... Uh, let's guess the, the, let's guess the budget. What do you guys think the budget of this movie was back in 1990? Hmm. $10 million. If that five. Yeah. I'm guessing low. I, I got, I got to probably, I'll split the difference. Go 7 million. 4.2. Oh, wow. Okay. Box yeah. office. Limited, semi-limited release. What do you think it made box office? U.S. It did not make its money back then. If it's semi-limited, I doubt. Um, I mean, it was. I mean, it was. It wasn't a wide release, but it got. It was. Yeah, there was. It. it yeah, it was a good. Release. I'm gonna steal Ryan seven seven million dollars. 
Yeah. Box two. office. Two? Back in oh, 1990, man. when movies were $2 a ticket. Yeah. Two. Oh, you think they're going too high? Um, two oh, million. shit. Yeah. I don't know. I'll go 10 million. I'm feeling generous. Yeah. What we got? I was honey dicking you guys with, you know, too low on the ratings and you're too high in the box office. 5.8. It made more than its budget. So it's it made its money back and, a li- yep. and, and some change. Cool. Yep. So this stars Tony Todd as Ben. And Tony Todd is, we've talked about him on the show before, I believe. This guy, I think the most impressive part about Tony Todd is the fact that he has 240 film critics. Or yeah, uh, credits. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. he's a busy motherfucker. This is like and, and that, and I've never seen him. Uh, one of the things that I always forget is how skinny he is in this movie. Because every other movie you see him in, he's always broad-shouldered and buff. And in this yep. movie, he is so skinny. He was like Ben. He looked like a Ben 2.0. Hey, my boy Tony Todd was in a movie called Scarecrow Slayer. Okay, if you know what that is, you've done some garbage bin below it oh <laughs> deep I, 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 i'll watch anything if tony todd's in it so i've seen some i've seen some garbage you can a hot garbage lou did you watch candy corn from last year or the year before i don't know i did not oh yeah put that on your garbage list i wanted i wanted to see that based on the uh poster art i tell you what the one thing that it does really well is it gives you the halloween vibe so like come that's october, what i wanted from it yep come yeah. october pop that in and if you're just go in it's it's one of those movies that's so bad it's good you know because there's that oh, there's that scale yeah. of like a good movie then it gets bad but then when it gets so bad it becomes good again <laughs> oh fuck yeah good. on 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 the nightclub we call these uh these like hidden gems or um, oh, schlocky seconds. That's what that's what the little thing is. We review a movie that's so bad it's good. Check out Night of the Demon from 1980. You can find it on YouTube for free. Yeah, yep. you're welcome. And Mystics in Bali. That's another one. Anywho, <laughs> so bad yep. they're amazing. Yeah. So Tony Todd played as Ben. Obviously, we know him mostly from Candyman, but he was also in The Crow among Candy Corn and some other ones we'd mentioned. Patricia Tallman played Barbara, and she was in a couple night riders for example with romero and monkey shines but she was also in army of darkness she's the witch he yeah. fights at the fights uh that's possessed yes yep she's, yeah, she's primarily she's, she's primarily a stunt woman yep and then uh, uh yep dead air she was in dead air as well i think that might be canadian ryan is dead air uh canadian? no dead air is the american version of the canadian of Pontypool. Yes. Okay. Oh. That's what I was getting mixed up as. Yes. Yep. Interesting. Pontypool is yep. uh, not far Pontypool. from here, and I actually yep. visited in person, but uh, uh, there was no killer virus. <laughs> dead Air. I, I I will go on record as saying I think Pontypool is better than Dead Air, but that that's just my opinion. Yeah. I didn't realize Dead Air. I didn't realize there was a an Americanized version. They did so, an Americanized <laughs> version, and uh, it, 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 they, it's it's like it's full of really good actors. It's just yeah. not as good. Um, hmm. I'll have to look um, into that. Another actor a lot of people probably recognize in, I would say, the horror realm, because he's, he's in a lot of them, is Tom Towles. He played Harry Cooper. He was, um, he was in Henry Portrait of a Seal Killer. And... It, it, it's, it's funny to me, because I knew I knew who he was, but I couldn't, I was like, why do I know this guy? And I was, him being in a suit 
the whole movie <laughs> and he's got like combed hair and then i l- yep. looked him up on imdb and i was like oh that's right he's always like a sleazeball and he's always bald and got a beard that's why i don't recognize him in this he doesn't have the beard yeah so like usually when i do this i'll write down like two or three movies i think i wrote down more movies with this guy than anyone else because he is yep. like the ultimate character actor and yep. he's been in a hundred movies and most of them have been horror and he's never been, you know, like in, in the spotlight. But, I mean, he was Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, Pit in a Pendulum, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Grindhouse, Werewolf. Okay, write this one down. Werewolf Women of the SS. It's the short from Grindhouse. Check that out. Yeah. And then H1. I think Rob Zombie directed that, that trailer. Yeah, he did. Yeah, there is a bunch of, like- yeah. Yep. Yeah, Eli Roth did Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, just that. Yeah, go Google the trailers for from the um, Grindhouse. Yep. Yeah, that shit's funny. Yep. And then Bill Mosley. A lot of people forget that Bill Mosley was in this because he was only in it for a little bit, but he played Johnny. And obviously, Bill Mosley is a friend of the show. Devil's Reject, yeah. House of Thousand Corpses, H1, Three from Hell. He's in a bunch of stuff. So. Um, Chop top, motherfuckers. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So. I got some cool trivia with this here. Some of it we'll save for when we start talking about the movie. But if we remember the, you know, it's hard not to talk about and compare the 68 version when we're talking about this one. But one of the iconic, I would say, visuals and set pieces and what people remember from the 68 version is the actual house it took place in. And they got lucky with that one because that house was being slated for demolition so this house i thought was just as good it was perfect but obviously they had i mean you know when you send your team out to you know scout locations they found this house and the lady was a little bit apprehensive at first and they had to work out a deal with her and part of the deal was is she had to be in the movie so at about 40 minutes in when you've got that camera that's panned back and you've got the house in the in the background and she walks up and they're nailing all the stuff up. That old lady that looks towards the camera and then is drawn towards the house. She actually is the owner of said house that was in the movie. Way to make a cameo. Yeah. And I'm sure that afterwards they had to pay for all the damage of taking doors down and nailing of the walls. Yep. yep. So much fucking nailing and hammering. <laughs> yes. Yep. I mean, it's loudly. I, I was going to say there was, you set me up for a, for a joke for that, but uh, that was, that's that's low hanging fruit, so I'm gonna pass on that one. All that you always touch the low hanging fruit. <laughs> so Tom Savini actually he originally wanted to start this movie in black and white, and then slowly add in color, uh, but hmm. that was shot down. And we're gonna talk about this in a little bit because a lot of his ideas were shot down. Uh, of course they were, because yep. the studios are fucking assholes. Studios it's all sucks. assholes. Yep. The scene at the end with the zombies hanging in the tree and then getting shot was actually supposed to be in the first movie. It was kind of an homage to the first movie. That's they, they, yeah, well, they, yeah, that's right. They cut it out because of the racial tensions at the time. So they kind of put that in to, you know, pay homage to the first one as well. If you remember in the first one, also Bill Cardile, he – was the reporter in the first one. Well, he reprised his role as a reporter in this one 22 years later. 
And one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people don't know about this one is the fact that Savini, he literally battled with the producers of this movie. Um, he, I mean, he literally said that it was the biggest nightmare of his life making this because only 40% of his <laughs> original ideas got put to film. They constantly were wanting reshoots and re-edits and they even, he met with his team beforehand for the gore effects and he told them that we're going to tone it down on this one because we're going to keep it, we're going to keep it, you know, to, to the original. We don't want to go overboard, but they still made him cut out a lot of effects and kill most effects. Yep. And also the MPAA kind of put the kibosh on that as well too. So yeah, Savini said that what you see on film is only about what, like 40% of 40%. what his vision was. Yep. I mean, dude, that's, the, the the tampering with with this movie is kind of like they were on a on a roll with the Friday the Thirteenth uh, franchise in the eighties. The MPAA was so. This is nineteen ninety. You're coming off the tail end of them just hammering horror movies with their fucking censor censorship. Yeah, but yeah, Savini Savini's ideas, man. They it, it, it's funny because the first time I saw this, it was airing on USA like in the mid afternoon with a TV edited version was the yeah, first time cool. I ever saw it. And believe it or not, it's not really that different. Not the language is different. They cut out all the swears, but I would say that the USA version was just as gory as like, they didn't cut out any of the gore. They just cut the language. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, I mean, the MPAA was only part of the battle. But the biggest thing was between him and the main producer, which was the money backer, which was that, oh, God, I, I should have wrote his name down. Some Mr. Moneybags. Melham Golan, Golan or something like that. But he really Gonads. had his fingers in there. Yeah, no shit. Gonads had his fingers up. in there? He, had, <laughs> he was knuckle deep in, in Tom Savini's movie. But, <laughs> it, you know, it's one of those where – I don't know. I mean, part of me wants to see what his vision could have been, but part of me is like, this was a damn fine film. And then lastly, I always have to talk about uh, this puke uh, named Roger Ebert because he shits on all of them. Hey, man. Like, hey, man. Look. What do you got? Ebert? Ebert? Ebert's okay. He's all right. He's more tolerant than Roper was. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, well he look. shit on this movie. And it's on his list of most hated movies. And he quoted and saying he created <laughs> the exact same movie, which I am going to say. No, he, no. And watch Vince Vaughn's 1998 remake of Psycho and tell me what that is. So, Hey, hey, that movie's all right. Okay. I'm not saying it's bad, but you're saying that this is an exact shot for shot remake and it's not. No, it's no. not. This is not a shot for shot remake. No. So, uh, Ebert I've was wrong seen, on that account then. I've seen the 68 version a bunch of times, like a lot of times. Word. And and I, I I like it for what it is, but when it comes to black and white movies, I need them to have style. And the movie has style, but like the makeup is makeup is tied to the black and white thing. So to me, whenever I see a black and white horror movie, unless it's something like psycho where i know there's like there's intent and 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 not not to compare romero to hitchcock because hitchcock and him are very different but just something about the black and white 
I don't find it as scary. And in this version, the special effects are so much better because it's done in a different time period. Um, I know the plot points because it does follow the same beats as the original, but I like the direction better. Barbara in the original is whiny from the beginning of the movie right to the end of the movie. Um, Ben is kind of like the only likable character in the original, and you kind of find more likable stuff with some of these other characters in this version. And I like that about it. Yeah, no, you're, you're hitting on, on some points for sure that I definitely uh, want to touch on. Um, but yeah, as far as, I mean, that's what I have for trivia. Do you guys want to add anything else before we get into kind of the meat and potatoes of the movie? I, I want to say that just off Jump Street, um, I, I feel a lot of what Lou just said, like kind of would echo him a little bit. You know, yeah, let, let's let's just get in. Or uh, Ryan, you do you have anything uh, trivia-wise or anything else you want to add before we, we do dive into the movie? Well, I mean, from a from a personal trivia standpoint, and, and uh, I can say this, like when I watched this film, I thought I was, and I, I think I mentioned this pre-show, I thought I was watching it for the first time, which is usually what happens uh, with zombie films. I, I, I usually try to watch them once and, and talk about them on the show. Uh, but as I'm watching, I'm like, this is oddly familiar. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's because I watched the original. Because again, it is a remake and it really uh, does, you know, um, bring up those feelings of the original. But obviously the original was in black and white. So, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's not the same. It's not that film. Um, but then I remember, you know, when I was a kid, my older brother used to go to Blockbuster and he'd rent stacks of VHSs. You'd have a deal of like, there'd be the horror genre deal, like 10 VHSs for 10 bucks. And wow. we would just burn through them in a weekend. And I'm pretty sure one of these. Like three cents. Was, yeah, exactly. So a dollar Canadian, they give, give them away uh, in the States. Um, it, it's I'm pretty sure I watched it like two decades ago. And I think that's why it was so familiar, but I I agree with Lou, like this, this felt like a nineties movie, but a good nineties movie, you know? And I think they really nailed sort of the original tone of, uh, well, the original, and you have so many people coming back on the production side to, to do this one and you feel it. And yeah, I just, I really liked it. And I think when you look at what critics are saying about um, specific genre films, I think critics are really important and it's important to find a critic that, you know, is in line with um, your tastes. And I think that's, that's the issue when you have someone who reviews everything. Cause like, yes. honestly, they're going to hate on some stuff that, that you love. Right. And that's totally fine. So uh, if Ebert didn't like this one and we did, that's that fine. Thing. Yeah, I give I give Ebert the pass sometimes because he likes a lot of really great movies. He just wasn't a big horror guy, but I, yeah, I do want to say kind of like a running a running joke is yeah he he wasn't and it's I always like shit on him. It's always funny too because whenever he likes a horror movie, it's always when I'm like that wasn't that original. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Ebert's late to the show. I want to pull a boss tuna real quick and say, uh, on a side tangent, slight side tangent. Um, the video store thing, when I was growing up, we had three video stores in my small, small town. And because uh, you were talking about movie deals at the, at the video store. H- how old are you, Ryan? 
34. So, okay, you know, yeah, so I'm 32, 90s would have so, been a good yeah. uh, a good time for probably too early for me. But like I remember in the late 90s, early 2000s, we'd rent. Gosh, we I think I remember once he came home Well, my my dad came home with them because none of us could drive. We were probably too young for these films. Um, and I know Lou will say, well, you you weren't you didn't you didn't have a soother. So you weren't that young. Weren't as young as me. Um, but, uh, pretty sure he came home with like the entire Friday the 13th at the time, probably eight parts. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's something I look back on fondly and probably where I watched a lot of horror films. That's, and that's what I was going to say is we, we had three small video stores or three video stores in my small town and they, they, they give away these old movies. Like you could rent so many of them for so cheap, like. 50 cents a movie or something we'd go to the horror section they'd let us rent them because it's a small town they don't care kids renting this shit and we would that's how i also that that and joe bob on monster vision watched mm-hmm. so many horror movies growing up in the late 90s early 2000s it's like that's so i, I look back on that too like very very fondly i'm probably i'm probably the oldest one here uh i'll be 40 this year and uh Hell yeah, brother. And my my mother, I grew up in a small town in Massachusetts. And uh, I lived there till I was about 14 or 15. And my mom dated the guy who owned the local video store. So I didn't have to pay for anything. I would just walk in and be like, his, the woman who worked behind the counter, there were like three women, that Linda, Pam, and I can't remember the other lady. They all knew me by name. And I would just <laughs> ride in on my bike and I'd be like, hey, Pam, I'm taking these five horror movies. Can you just tell Lou? His name was Lou, too. And she, I'd go, just tell Lou that I took them. And, he, <laughs> and she'd go, uh-huh, hun, uh, make sure you bring them back in a couple of days. Yeah, I know the drill. And that was kind of my childhood. That's awesome, man. I lucked out. A similar story, too, running down memory lane here. My uncle owned um a franchise but so family videos you know they're all over the place i don't know yeah. if they have them out where you're at but he owned a bunch of them over in minnesota northern minnesota where we're at and it was the same thing where you know we'd hop on the pedal bikes you know run over to the store and you know god almighty we must have been like eight years old renting you know like regular nintendo games and you know i remember i rented well, I'm going to save that story for the particular movie, but, uh, yeah, renting all these movies. Yeah. It was, it was like the best. Like I, I, you know, my son is almost, he's gonna be eight here pretty soon. And I'm telling him, you know, like all these great memories I have. And then I look over at him and he's on his fucking iPad. I'm like, did you, you little asshole? Man, It's different. It's different. Yes, it is. So, well, let's, let's hop into this movie here and we're going to just kind of keep carrying on with this. I want to hear your first time or first experience seeing this movie. I know Lou, you touched on it a little bit. Oh yeah. Lou said his first experience was USA censored version and Ryan had deja vu. So. (laughs) Uh, Well, okay. So I've always liked zombie movies, but I, this movie came out, I was eight. So I didn't realize I was used to seeing the Night of the Living Dead 1968 version. And I remember flipping channels with a friend of mine and we were probably nine, 10. This movie hadn't been out longer than maybe a year. And we were flipping channels and his dad walked in because we were watching something with zombies and he goes, oh, Night of the Living Dead. And I went, wait, this isn't Night of the Living Dead. It's not in black and white. He's like, oh yeah, this came out last year. 
And I was like, oh. And then we ended up sitting through the whole thing. And I was like, wow, I don't ever want to see the 1968 one again. This one was way better. But that's an eight-year-old's point of view, you know? Right. Yep. Go ahead, Tibu. Oh, me? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this, so, so my watch history with this is very turbulent, thanks to one Boss Tuna. Um, first time I ever attempted to watch the movie, we were going to talk about it. So I'm like, cool, I've never seen the remake. I'm a big fan of the original. It's, it's, it's in my I respect it favorites. It's not one of my personal favorites, but it, it's, it's a classic. I enjoy it. It's got an atmosphere. We've done an, an episode on it. Um, so it's like, all right, watch the remake. I got about 30 minutes in, had to stop watching it for whatever reason. And then we changed our minds about what, what movie we were going to talk about. So then I watched it when we were going to talk about Night of the Living Dead, not realizing that it was the original we were going to record and not tonight's episode. So that was my first official watch. Initial impressions, uh, Lou has already stated his position. I'm going to say this movie's really fucking good. So uh, I'll leave it at that for now. Honestly, my only gripe about this movie is I feel like the transitions are weak. Yeah. Like yeah. When, they, when they cut between scenes and they do like the, the, the cast outside of like the house or whatever, I, those feel like they were done by a second unit director or something this, and not the actual director. It feels like those were just put together by somebody on the fly because they just needed something to fill a spot. This film for me is full of something I want to call funny problems. Um, you can find some funny issues in the story or what the characters are doing or even that the editing that sometimes yeah. given given the right movie it let it still lets it blend into my enjoyment of it mm-hmm. and i want to i'll touch on that later because i wanted to, i wanted to talk about how much noise they were making and how stupid ben is so that as a character yep i i don't want to jump in front of cuz ryan's up next here but i want to just carry on with what you're saying i didn't actually write any of that down but you guys bringing that up does bring it up in my head and it wasn't as big of a problem for me to even write down but i i think that for me it was the editing there's a couple jump cuts and a couple like yeah. you were saying transitions that particularly one that i rewind it and had to make i was like wait a second am i like watching a bad copy of this and it was towards the end of the movie when it goes from the basement with ben up to um Barbara I was like what the hell is just I mean yeah so there was some pretty terrible editing at points with this but again it wasn't enough for me to write it down as a con but after hearing you guys say that I can see the, yeah, the, you know the, the one that the one that stood out for me is when they transition from day to night <laughs> it's almost it's like it's like it's quite clearly day and they're outside and they cut to the outside and they do kind of like that speed up to show that it's night but they never kind of show it fully night they just kind of show it twilight and then next thing you know they're standing in the pitch dark and you're like what did they do for the five hours that they were there why are they only taking doors off the hinges and buckling down now yeah Mm -hmm. but but i mean that's and that's nitpicky i still love this movie but it, 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 that was the thing that jumped out at me. It's like, I never noticed that before. I love little things like that, that you, you just, you, you notice and it's like, uh, 
oh movie you're you're just doing you're just doing a thing right now you're yeah. not even making sense but it's but because the movie's so good it just kind of adds to me like it's just like you laugh at it like oh shit yeah. what the fuck Ryan, were they thinking never, i mean i know you said you're getting some deja vu but i mean i mean that was it like watching it all over again or were you just getting weird deja vu like maybe i'm getting something from the 68 version or I think it was a little bit of everything. I'm I'm fairly convinced I've watched it before after seeing it, but it'd been so long that it was like a fresh viewing and you know I love I, that. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's been just long enough where it's it feels really fresh but also familiar. And I think there are like critical moments of uh, you know in the film that sort of shine through from maybe my original viewing two decades ago. Uh and I think it it's you know those critical moments at the beginning when Barbara is sort of like experiencing uh, the zombie uprising for the first time, I, that sort of rang familiar. And there was a couple other moments throughout the film, you know, when uh, Ben and Cooper were, were fighting. I, re- I remember that, but that could just be a nineties trope of people fighting instead of dealing with their, the issues in front of them. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I pick up the issue that, that you guys were talking about and, to me, it didn't really bother me because um, I kind of blamed it on the on the time, you know, like in the 90s, like a lot of my experience, my limited experience, I'll say with with horror movies in the 90s. Yes, some of them are shot and edited perfectly. Um, but this really felt like an, just the way 90s movies were cut, specifically horror films, where it's just they want to get to the next scene. And sometimes they're rushing to get to that next scene. And it just it kind of fits with the genre for me. Not necessarily speaking, you know, ill of the genre. I just think it's, it was a thing of the time, right? Where they just, uh, they were constantly moving forward to the next, you know, yep. set piece. And it was, it was also just a, a way to pass time too. I mean, yeah. you know, it's when runtime is perfect. Yes. It does it not, is. it does not stick around too long no. and it does not end too soon. It's, it's, it's exactly very, very good pace. Yeah. yeah, and it could be one of those things. It could be budgetary. It could be, you know, as far as when you're talking about day to night, night to day kind of thing. I mean, you know, shooting a movie at at night, you know, unless you have a big, budget, you got to shoot it at night. I see so, what Ryan's saying. It's it's just one of those weird, odd, quirky yeah. choices that they would have made. Mm-hmm. This is 1990. It's released, so they were probably making this in the in the late 80s, but. He's not wrong. The the nineties nineties films did have that quick editing type thing that yeah. um, I don't know. Aronofsky used it, but he got that from Sam Raimi. So going back to horror a little bit, uh, yeah, that that kind of that kind of technique. Yeah. It's, well, you know, it's 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 a cinematography and editing technique as well too. When you're shooting a movie like this, where you're basically, if you think about it, the entire movie takes place in probably what twelve hours or sixteen hours or something like that. You know, at one, most, at most. Yep. So, you know, when you're passing time in a movie like this, you've got those cuts where you're going, okay, they're boarding up the house. Let's do a pan of the field. You know, oh, here's the field and blah, blah. So then you're like, okay, well, a half hour has passed, you know, rather than them putting the title cards up 30 minutes later kind of thing. So I think that's just one of the techniques they use. But I think that just the way it was edited and, yeah, I mean, it felt a little bit wonky for sure with a couple parts. Uh, the one thing I've always that I've always liked about this movie, it because it's just quirky and weird, 
is when the old guy shows up in the cemetery and he bumps into her and he goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I've yeah. always, always gone, was he bit? Or was he just some crazy old guy wandering around the cemetery? You never really know and you never really drunk. see him. We're going to talk about that in about five minutes. Okay. Just We're going to talk guy. about that same scene. Before we hop on to that, uh, as far as with my very first impression and viewing of this, and I know I've told this on the show before, so longtime listeners, it's going to be a little refresher for you. But I've said many times that the very first time I ever watched a horror movie was, I know it was in about 1995, uh, maybe 94, and I was sitting in my basement of my house and I was flipping through the channels and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like TNT monster vision. Like, all right, we'll check this out. And I remember sitting there and from the first two minutes, just being glued to yeah. this. And this was my very first introduction to Joe Bob. It is what got me obsessed with zombie movies and eventually horror movies. And I remember sitting there watching this with Joe Bob and thinking, by God, this is my new favorite thing ever. And I remember right afterwards, um, it couldn't have been, Ryan, you're the video game expert, you might know, but Zombies Ate My Neighbors, that had to have been mid to late 90s as well. I played that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's yeah, a namesake for our podcast, yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's 96, I think. Yep. So I remember or 96. watching this and then just everything zombies. And I remember getting that game and like, this is the coolest game ever. It's got the best soundtrack and it's fucking hard. And I love it. And <laughs> this movie, <laughs> this movie was what did it for me. Um, in, in, you know, next episode when we talk about Dawn 78, I'm going to get, I mean, we're going, we're going, I mean, up, up to my elbows deep in this one. So, but the question yeah. is when you do do, when you do talk about Dawn 78, which version of the film are you going to talk about? Cause there's I've five different versions. Oh. I've been asking him this shit. I, I want to watch, I want to watch the mall version. I think that's the one to watch. Uh, I like the European version the best. The Argento? Yeah. Uh, the, the European version of uh, the European cut of Dawn of the Dead is like, it's less than 80 minutes. That's it's, the one Argento it, it, edited with Goblin I, and shit? Yeah, it, it's like 78 minutes or something like that. And they cut out almost all the plot. And it's literally just people running through a mall, shooting a bunch of... There's like almost no plot for the movie. It's amazing. Oh, shit. Nope, we're going to watch like the extended director's cut. That's because I want... The mall version. I want three hours of that. Yes. That'd be awesome. That's what I want to. I want to do we'll that cross one. that bridge when we get there. But that's a good point, Lou, and I've been dragging my feet, as you can tell, because I haven't given Tibu an answer on that yet. <laughs> I, I have the box set with all of them, so. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, I've got, I, 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 every time I get a movie out of my, my uh, cabinet, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, fuck, which one are we going to die about? Anyways, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, that, I mean, we, we pimp Joe Bob. I'm going to get Joe Bob on this podcast one of these days. Fuck Mark yeah. Bell, he will be. It's, it's it, it, I, I, he's, he'll do just about anything. So trust me, it, it, it won't be hard. Yep. I'm going to get Joe Bob on and we're going to pick his brain. You guys are welcome to uh, join us. I, I know you're, you're a big fan, Lou. So, but yeah, that's, that was it for me. I just, I literally remember, I mean, this was like 30 years ago or however long it was ago, but I remember sitting on my couch in 
like I remember everything about everything like the TV it's just so vivid to me and very impactful man finishing the movie being like that was awesome and I'll, I'll give you a little spoiler alert this I saw this before I saw the 68 version yeah I, and- I had only seen the 68 version because of all the issues with it and it being out that uh, it being out of copyright every every public access channel used to run it for filler time so that's yeah, why yeah. I had seen it at, before I was like 10 yeah. is public access would run it when they needed something to fill time at night yep so Those okay so let's get into i mean sink our teeth into this let's sink our teeth into this so i just want to say the very beginning of this movie i think when you do a remake and i know we've talked about this before if you're going to do a remake i mean you either people would argue but the right way to do it is if you have something to add oh this scene is like 10 times i'm sorry it's 10 times better than the original yeah, Mostly it's just hamming it up. You've got new, you know, ideas or new commentary or something that's going to just expand on the on the beginning. And I will say that as much as this movie is very similar to the first, there's a few nuances that I think make it just an excellent, excellent remake. And right off the bat. The very, very beginning that Lou was talking about five minutes ago, I think was that that's what hooked me in, you know, right away when I rewatched it, because they do give you that little swerve, you know, with that old guy Lou was talking about. You're like, oh, yep, here it is. Here's the original, you know, the guy coming, you know, from the beginning, he's going to be the zombie. And then he goes up on Barbara and you're like, whoa, what a second. That, that's, that's not what I thought was going to happen. And then you get, yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I, I also the, the other way you can tell that this is this is a a Savini thing is the guy that's walking towards her and he looks really nice from the neck down and then the suit falls away and you see the Y Y incision in his chest and you're like yes oh and, that was and the, so good and the, the the effects are just so good even for the day yeah yeah I was I was very impressed that and and I guess if you hadn't recently watched the 68 version you know what we're talking about is the fact that you know in the 68 version you the first one you see is you know bill hensman the zombie coming up this one they give you that swerve like well here's the zombie you see in the beginning and it's the one that's like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry it's (laughs) that got all beat up and then you just get slammed with the yeah i was gonna say if you're gonna start out a movie the practical effects and I just think that that first five minutes of that movie just pulled me in. I mean, it, it got its barbs in me and, and I was like, yes, this. Yeah. For, for me, like, okay. The original has the iconic sound bites. They're coming to get you, Barbara, like all that. This movie, since I knew what I was getting into, you got motherfucker Mosley just chewing the scenery and, and, and look, okay. Barbara and what's it? Uh, Johnny right yeah they're they're great in both versions but this one just gives you a little bit more uh dialogue and character in my opinion and yeah that swerve is fucking awesome i thought the same exact thing i'm like okay here he comes we're gonna get this yeah pour that boy pour that beer right up in the ear um and but then yeah you get the swerve 
it's it, the opening scene hooked me as well, and I was like, okay, a movie. I'm I'm paying attention. What's what's up? What are we doing? I, I, I also love the fact that she grabs like a thing off a cemetery grave and stabs it into yeah. the zombie. Yeah, and then yes. and then I think it's like eighty minutes later. She ends up seeing it wandering around outside the house, and it's still got the thing stuck in it. And you're like, you're like, oh man, I for. And they do it so late in the movie, you're forgetting all about that zombie until you see the thing sticking out of its chest. You even see it round the corner before you see the zombie, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah. The throwbacks <laughs> on this are 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 excellent. Yeah, um, I want to ask. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. I, I was just going to say about the opening, you, you talk about a remake and it, um, you know, if you're going to make a remake, you have to have something to add. Um, I think another good part of a remake is, is also, you know, doing your, um, your nods to the original. And you mentioned the, they're coming to get you, Barbara, the guy who plays Johnny uh, really nails that line. It's almost like it's so close to an emulation of that or the way they original line was delivered but he also made it his own and continued to be along those lines and was just given his sister the hardest time the yes. whole way to the cemetery and Bill is the man yeah and he just uh he he really made you think like yeah you're you're gonna die even if you hadn't seen the original or you just you you, were, you didn't even know you were watching a horror film you knew like okay something's gonna something bad's gonna happen to him <laughs> and uh barbara's uh, going to uh, maybe not live happily ever after, but at least escape the cemetery. And he just nails that character of just being the, you know, um, goofy older brother that's just giving his sister a really hard time. Um, and, but, but is still there to kind of help out. And I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if Barbara was doing this on purpose, but she would like, while she was struggling with the zombie, she was also, accidentally like hitting her older brother as if trying yeah. to like kind of getting back at him oh, and yeah, she kicks he, him in the face yeah, he, he, he she stabs up. him too yeah stabs him with the garden uh the the sort of the lawn yep. um cemetery thing so yeah it's uh i thought like oh i wonder if she feels bad about that or if she just is like no i just try to do that here <laughs> well that's the worst too like getting hit in the eye or in the nose and then your eyes start watering yeah <laughs> no so that, he bits it hard a hoot nanny there Hoot nanny. So when I was watching this, so I started this movie at like seven o'clock this morning and the first, like, I'm not, you know, I'd be lying or I, I should say I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you guys, I watched the first 10 minutes twice because I was like, Oh, you know, I was like analyzing it with the first and I'm like, well, I like this better in the 90 version. I like this better in the 68 version. I had to like stop for a little bit and just, you know, go grab a cup of coffee and, you know, go, hang out with the dogs because I was like, I cannot sit here and compare this to the freaking 68 version the whole time. But, um, I, I do like the old man part better in this one than the original, like partly because you have to, just because it's a little bit of a difference, but I will say the 68 version, I like the ambiance and the cemetery better. I thought that maybe it was just shot yeah. better or whatnot. Um, yeah. you know, but, yeah, I mean, it's just hard not to talk about the 68 version when you talk about this. Um, but yeah, that was my problem is, is like, I got like 15 minutes in and I'm like, I just pause it and be like, all right, I need to figure my shit out because I can't sit here and watch this movie. That, not to derail us a little bit, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, if you like the 68 version, there is a photographer that went back 
to where everything was filmed in the 68 version in the cemetery and he hung out in the cemetery and he reshot everything with like stand-ins and it's just photographs it's not moving picture but it's like you can see where he took the shot now in color where the original version was and the camera is placed at like the exact angle as the 1968 version and nothing in the cemetery has changed really? nothing it's kind of creepy. Did they shoot it in the exact same cemetery? Yes. If okay. you, the headstones have the, the name and the dates and everything that are on them from oh, the original shit. film. And I, I, awesome. I, I, I read an article about it, and the guy was like, yeah, nothing there's changed. I was really surprised. I thought when I lined up the shots, the trees would look different. They don't. When I lined them up to do this other thing, I thought the building in the background might look different. It doesn't. Yeah. Like I thought there'd be more headstones. There isn't. It's, it's very... It's kind of weird, creepy. Cool. Yeah, it's out in. I mean, God, if I ever won the lottery, I'd you know, it'd be on my list of things to do. Is go check out that iconic cemetery for sure. Fuck yeah, that sounds like an awesome project to take take part in too. Like we're gonna go hunt down and recapture the exact same camera angles as the original. That's fucking. That's dedication right there, man. And I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna say, uh, Bostuna, yeah. As far as the atmosphere of the original versus this one for the intro, uh, the original wins yeah. when atmosphere is included yep. for me. But the acting, the performances, and for me, it's going to be this way across the board with the, with the remake. So up front, pretty much all the, yeah, all the performances are better in the 1990 version, in my opinion. Um, but you also have to remember, almost everybody who's in this is somebody. Whereas in the '68 version, they were all unknowns. Right, you're right. That, 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 no, that's that it. That that's a given, and I, and I understand that. But I can't, I can't help but just be more. Oh no, I, I'm with you 100. percent I'm just saying, uh, Tony yeah. Todd walks in, walks onto the camera. Yep. He's like, nope, it's Tony Todd. He can He's do no magnetic. wrong. He's We're going to give you characters man. well too, but I think that I like the characters better in this one here. I think, I think, I did, will say, I think Tony Todd's. Ben is a dumb character, but I like his performance a lot. Uh, I think he's great, but I don't. But I don't like his decisions and the things he wants to do for a big reason, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that I, I'm gonna say it now. Fuck it, we're we're into this. Yep. So it's all the hammering and the banging. You know, <laughs> know what it is for me? It's not the hammering and the banging. It's the lights. They leave all, all the lights. That. Of, all yeah. of that shit. The lights is a bit much. Yeah. They attract. The zombies with all this fucking noise. Because when you, there's like the barns and the sheds and everything that's got the lights on, yeah. But, and but, if but you, bar, yeah. I was gonna say every time you see they cut to them looking out in the dark, all you see is trees and darkness. And then when they do the shot that show you the house, it's like every light in the house is on, and you're like, it's like a beacon. It's somebody. <laughs> yes. I. It's really okay, easy for us zombie nerds to sit here and and. <laughs> you know, say that, but well, you're right. Yeah, because because they don't know that they're attracting them, but it's still like if you don't want to be found, if you don't want to be found as a human, what do you do? You be quiet. You don't attract attention to where you're at. Like all the basic things would be, well, let's turn off the lights. Uh, we have to kind of quiet down, guys, and let's all discuss what we're gonna do here. But if, Barbara, if, go for it. I I, I was gonna go out more broadly on all the characters and say Barbara in the original is a mousy. 
Yeah, not, she's not, a mouse. Not, not in. She's she's worthless in the realm of Night of Living Dead. She's a mousy fucking wimp in the first one, and in this one, she kicks major ass, and she's the yes. only person that really knows what the fuck to do, and has the best idea on like, hey, let's just let's just walk out there because yeah, we can they literally they, walk past them. Yeah, yeah. I, when I the remember, movie did that, yeah. Go ahead, Lou. I was gonna say. I had seen the 68 version a bunch until like my early 20s. And then when I was in my early 20s, this was kind of the only version I watched for a while. And then when we started doing our show, I went back and rewatched the 1968 version. And I had forgotten how mousy she is. Yeah. And it, it, it's literally like, it's, she doesn't even kill her first zombie or anything until like you're more than halfway through the movie. And all she's really doing is helping board up doors and you're and crying in a corner. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, you're like, come on, lady, help out a little bit. And then uh, no. in, in this version, it's like, oh, wait, she's got the rifle and she's shooting people and she's and you're not even halfway through the movie yet. You're like, oh, wow. OK, this is so much more watchable. Yep. Damn it. Barbara's more metal in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was. I honestly, uh, when I started watching the film, I'm like, oh no, uh, Barbara is going to be the typical '90s screaming uh, actor here throughout the whole film because early on she's rightfully so freaking out with everything that is happening. But I was worried they were going to carry that through the whole film. Not you know, forgetting that this is a this is a remake and is based on a on another film. I was kind of just living in in the moment as opposed to analyzing it. And by the end of the film, you're right. She is the most capable character. She really doesn't make many bad decisions after she kind of gets a hold of herself once she, once she calms down and realizes what, what is going on and kind of takes hold of the, uh, of the situation. And you're right. Like she's the first to, to really, uh, you know, illustrate shooting them in the head by you know everyone thinks oh they're not dead they're infected or whatever and she's sort of showcasing like no they're they're dead and i'm going to shoot them in the chest until you realize that and then i'm going to shoot them in the head and then as you said she's like oh we can just walk past them it's like why no one didn't think of that before is because they were too busy putting uh, boards on the walls and, and fighting amongst yeah. themselves Ex- exactly yeah. and that um I, I don't fault the film for that i think it's it is uh, it is is a very good portrayal of what humans would do in, in a stressful situation is they would lash out at each other and it, it's super unfortunate. But I think that's the whole yeah. part of the film it, from the 68 version to this one. Like it's a good portrayal. Yep. And, and to put it in perspective, this is 1990 and you've got, you know, a very strong female lead in mm-hmm. a horror movie and I, I mean, she was one of my favorite characters. Her arc in this one was a thousand times better. I mean, yep. last episode, one of the biggest problems I had was just how worthless she was in that situation, which, you know, you're right, because there's a thousand people that you put in that are going to be in that same situation. You know, you put a timid, you know, woman in that situation where there is a lot of yes. strong yeah. men, but we're talking about a movie here. And it's just nice to see this 1990 version flip the script on it and create a character that, you know, is someone that we can, you know, have fun talking about like we are. 
and they're they're oh yeah totally and that's why this is so much fun too is also the compare contrast and even though i'm like sounding like i'm bitching about her character in the original i'm i'm not i like the performance more in in the new one but i will say there are people that might be that timid and that you know easy to break and more there's way more than there's not going to be yeah yeah so so the portrayal isn't necessarily like the, the problem there is no problem. Uh, it's just when you're horror. sitting down watching a horror movie and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, we've seen this before. It, it, the original character is just more tropey. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, no, we want to watch people make good decisions, right, in a horror film. And um, I think, you know, so th- there has to be a balance, right? And I think in this film, there's a really good balance of people making uh, good decisions. And there there is some really... Uh, and we're going to, I think you even alluded to it. We'll probably talk about it later on because uh, it is later in the film, but there are some crazy bad decisions that um, does not take a genius to figure out you shouldn't have done that. Uh, even if you are experiencing zombies for the first time. But I, I think this film, at least for the first three quarters has a good balance of good decisions versus bad decisions. So it doesn't make you shake your head at the film. There's one moment at the end of the film that, that really made me shake my head, but I can forgive it for the rest of the film being really, really good, right? So right. I, I think I know what you're going to complain about. I, think. I know. I think I we're do. all going to complain about it because, like, how could you not, right? <laughs> I, th- I think when you're talking about the balance, that's that's a very good point to bring up because you're right. You can't have like Tibu was saying before in the '68 version with Barbara and Ben, they're polar opposites. I don't think that in this 1990 version you can have the current character of Barbara with the 68 version of Ben. So having Ben be a quote unquote dumber version of Ben in this one, I think you need that to kind of yeah. back that out because essentially Barbara and Ben are our, you know, protagonists ultimately. So there's gotta be some differentiation between them. Yeah. I want to say too, that like dumb is, is a word I'm just throwing out there. He's not dumb. Well, he's, right. But I, I know what you're talking about. Up in the listeners the, know as well. Yeah. He's he latches on to a very specific idea of, he's right, the cellar is a bad idea. They get into the house, we're pinned in the cellar, there's no way out. And I actually, think. Actually, if you think about it, uh, after his family is dead, Cooper has the best idea. He goes up to the attic. Yeah. Yeah. How come no one thought of the attic before that? <laughs> I don't I don't know, man, because that was the first <laughs> thing I thought is go up. Let's get into it. I have a question I'm going to pose to you guys, and it's called the seller argument. So we're back <laughs> in the very, we talked about this in the last uh, episode, did we not, Mr. Tibu? Yeah. The seller I don't argument. remember what I said. So I, if I have a different thing now, then fuck me. Are you, <laughs> are you team seller or are you team uh, board up the house? I think if – Okay, we're in the first uh, uh, movie, by the way. If if if, if, if my philosophy is, if Cooper and them had stayed in the basement and left Barbara and uh uh Ben alone, and not and and like locked the door to the basement, let's say, and never came upstairs, Barbara and Ben would either have stayed and boarded up the house or tried to leave, and they'd all still be alive. Because none of the lights would have come on and none of the boarding would have happened. That's an so interesting. The base- so the basement is a is is a good idea if you're not doing anything, 
and you're not turning on the lights but if and, and you're tracking them but if somebody's upstairs banging and boarding then you're screwed no matter oh. what your choice is yeah the issue with the way they approach the seller is that and you saw this at the start of the film when you're running around the house and no one's answering and no one's going to know you're in that cellar and you've got, you know, um, the daughter who's, uh, was bit and, and in the cellar with you. And again, that's a zombie trope of like, Oh, you know, um, she's bit, but she's fine. She's slowly turning. And I think that's the struggle with their version of the cellar plan is like, there's no indication that there are people down there. You know, we don't have the walking dead syndrome where there are, you know, bad, human beings running around taking advantage of, of the situation and, and killing people. Um, really it appears to be human versus zombie at this point in the apocalypse. So you want, you want people to know you're down there so that when they come to rescue you, they, they eventually get you right. If they just drive by thinking, Oh, it's just a bunch of zombies hanging around a house. Yeah. They're not going to last very long. So I think that's where I struggle with the seller is like, if you're hiding, and you know you need to get your daughter to a doctor um it that's a tough that's a tough one but like yeah boarding up the windows i feel like you know i've 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 definitely you know um <laughs> hammered some some nails into into boards before and i think like you could probably do it a little quieter cuz they were like yelling at each other and oh, hammering man. with the loudest things possible. Yeah. Um, they could have done it quicker and they could have done it quieter, I think. Like, if you've ever watched, I think in Signs, uh, they do yes. some boarding of the windows. Yes. And I feel like they kind of nail that in that movie where you yes. can put up boards without attracting a bunch of monsters. So, I don't I know. I fucking love Signs. And, uh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's an awesome observation. They, they did that as a family unit yep. all together now. Uh, come together and instead in Night right of Living now. over me they fucking just bang and hammer and slam and I'm like guys throwing boards over the over the staircases <laughs> like <laughs> what are you doing guys like you're gonna break Throw the boards piano off the fucking roof yeah, Why not? Like, they were just complaining that they didn't have enough wood and then they're throwing it from a second floor and I'm like okay <laughs> whatever I, I did like the bit where they're like, oh, what if we use these new closet doors and he punches through it? Because yeah. that is a typical like new stuff, right? It's basically cardboard. Yeah. Um, I like that scene. And, and that's probably like a scene you can only do in the 90s because in the 60s, everything was solid wood, right? He'd have um, broke his knuckles. Yeah, exactly. But he goes through that like it's paper, which I, I loved. But he made his point for sure. Oh, hollow corridor. What about yeah. you? What's up? Are you team basement or team board up the house? Uh, basement. I'm, I'm all that noise. It, do I look, man? You're trying to stay quiet. If I said, it, "What you shaking your head at me? Why?" In that no, I choose well, the other side last time because you're not, you know, you're not wavering off. You're not bandwagoning into the the main house. So, right? No, up there, well, your ass into the basement. Kick you down yeah. there. Lock the door. Bye. Don't. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You can you can justify your. Terrible decision. No, well, I'm saying I, if I if I <laughs> if I made that decision differently on the last episode, I don't remember why. No, you were but you I, were team basement last episode. Oh well, fuck it then. I've, I, I'm consistent at least in my logic. Uh, <laughs> You're wrong. You know what? I, I just I feel like uh, yeah, man. I'm gonna kind of hunker down and 
and I'll, I'll try to be observant, you know, the best I can to see when I can get out. My daughter being in there sick would be a big problem. Um, I would probably try to leave myself, but keep them there safe maybe and go find, I don't know. Like I'm just thinking on the fly, but, uh, yeah, I'd have to solve that problem eventually. I couldn't just stay there forever, but I would definitely wouldn't want to be upstairs making a lot of noise and doing all kinds of shit and arguing with other motherfuckers. Uh, yeah, no, fuck all that. So I, I will say that obviously I'm, I'm the same as last episode. I'm team board up the house, but Lou, you did pose a very good point that I had not thought about. And you are right in that, yeah, a lot of that noise and lights and everything did attract the zombies. However, the same argument I made last episode, I'm going to make this episode, and I would, in any situation, I would never put myself in a corner. I'd never corner myself and never give myself an out. So I'm 100% team board up the main house. Um, yeah, obviously... Did they do it right? No. I mean, they did make a shitload of noise. And Boss Tuna. There yo. is no – no, no, no. When you're in the corner, when you're in the basement, there's a, there is a way out. You fight, motherfucker. You no. fight. USA! USA! You're right. <laughs> I, I can't say I'm not for boarding it up. I, I will admit every apartment I had uh, in my 20s uh, – the concept of zombie invasion was always a, a running joke and every apartment I already had a plan. Uh, one of my first apartments was on uh, the second floor of an old, uh, an old house that had been once a one family unit that had been divided into four. And my apartment was on the second and the third floor. And we had a fire escape for just one window and you could roll it up and bring it in the house. Oh. And I was like, you know, if something happened and we ever needed to board up the basement door, the, the, the front door, there was three sets of stairs to get there, and there were three doors in the stairwell. I was like, we could just stack furniture in the stairwell, and yeah. nobody could get in the house, and then we could just bring in the stairs as we need them to get in and out of the house in an emergency. And my roommate was like, you think way too much about this stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, when, happens. And then one yeah. of the, another apartment I lived in was over a garage. It was a studio apartment over a garage. And there was a set of stairs. And I thought the same thing. We had a fire escape ladder next to one window so that we had a, a safety escape. And I was like, we just roll it out the window and roll it back up the window, leave somebody in the, in the, in the apartment, stack all our furniture in the stairwell, and nobody could get to us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All jokes aside, if I was trapped in the basement and they started pouring in, I'd, I, there's no way I could fight my way out of that. I'd be, I'd in, be, in, I'd be fucking zombie meal. Yeah. In number, this movie, if you th- think about it, in this movie, if you think about it, the basement was the safest idea because Ben only died because he had already been bitten. He went and stayed in the basement and was listening to the radio, and he was fine. There were no zombies down there with him. But he's lucky yeah. they found him out in the middle of nowhere. So yeah. I guess the whole thing with me is, is I, the, honestly, the basement for me would be the last place I'd go because if we were able to go up into the second floor and, you know, try to board up or throw, like you said, throw furniture or something on the steps, you have a hundred windows on a second floor that you could safely jump out of, even without breaking a, an ankle. 
you know, one thing that I do think about that just popped in my head was 28 weeks later, uh, that whole scenario, if you've ever seen the movie in the beginning of that, the first 10 minutes of that are phenomenal. Same thing. Yeah. You go up into a second floor and then you've got all these windows. You could jump out and you could run. You go into a basement. If they somehow get in or somehow gets bit in the basement and somebody, I mean, you're done. There's no way out. So I just don't like cornering myself. I'd be I don't old. blame you. I don't blame well, you. Well, I've got a question. What if, if you found a TV that was broadcasting the, the news <laughs> at a time like this, would you, would you a alert everyone in your vicinity that is a, a normal person that will be able to help you survive to, to this fact? Or would you be just stroll on down to the cellar with it, just humpty dumpty down the stairs? My, all my the favorite way. is, is he's carrying the TV and he's clearly going to the basement with it. Yeah. And then it breaks <laughs> and he goes, I wasn't going to the basement with Get it. Get no reception <laughs> down there, man. I did, I did not understand that moment where like, I get, I get his character. He's the manly man. He's always right. You know, yeah. what he thinks is best. And, uh, but him the taking asshole. the TV downstairs was a step too far for me. And I was kind of like shaking my head, like, okay, this is your last one. And, um, I think he has a couple more after that, but oh, yeah. that specific moment was kind of like, what's your plan? Like you watch, you watch <laughs> like, I guess the broadcast proves everyone else. You, it proves you were wrong. And, but is that such a big deal? Because like, this is unheard of the zombie apocalypse arriving. Like this is all new for everybody. He's so um, full of pride, man. Yeah, I know. And, and then him tossing the TV down is almost worse. Like I would He's feel like there's no recovery from that. No. Barbara takes care of that shit. That, that's my worry. favorite moment in the whole movie is he shows up and he goes, oh, you came back for me. Bam. I was like, yes. Yes. Yeah, and I was too. I was like, fuck him. Fuck That's a balancing yeah. act right there, right? Because, again, her killing, uh, you know, a, a fellow human being as opposed to a zombie, it's straight up murder. Um, well, and, but you could argue he's, he's done a lot, too. Not in this world anymore. No. Well, I mean, don't they, like, pretty much state in Night of the Living Dead that, like, they kind of got it under wrap? They kind of got it controlled? I, I can't really remember if the canon is basically, like, we sorted it out. You know, no. um, no, is that not the case? No, it, they, they, they semi get it under control and then it gets out of control again. Yeah. Well, that sounds like every zombie movie. So you're, you, I'm, I'm definitely wrong, but yeah, I, I just felt like because of the things he did that were so like, especially near the end, were clearly, you know, only to his advantage, putting other people in danger. Then at the end, when she shoots him, I was like, yeah, that makes sense for her character and for what he's done. To, like he basically, he, you know, attributed to a, a lot of close calls and some deaths of characters because he refused to help throughout the whole film. It was crazy how he got away with it, but um, I don't think he lifted a finger. Well, he, he handed the wrench to uh, the dude the who was trying to nail the hammer. To, uh, <laughs> and then ran away. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, I don't know, it, it, it a movie... This movie is all about balancing, and I think like that's that moment is earned at the end when Barbara shoots him. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah, totally. That scene you're talking about, he almost starts his redemption with that, and you know he is kind of cowarding into the basement, and then um, it's not Johnny. Who's the other guy's name? Billy. 
or is it Billy? Tom. Tom. Tom's like, just hand me the wrench, hand me the nails. And he does it. And you're like, okay, maybe Harry Cooper, you know, if you saw the original and you saw this one, you're like, okay, this is his redemption right here. And it's not in that. I I think his, his character, I I feel like when you make a movie, if you need to, you know, tell your actor, like, this is your character arc. You're going to be a piece of shit coward. Go watch the 1990 version of Night Living uh-huh. Dead, and you're yeah. going to be Harry Cooper because he's yeah. like he's, it, it, it's he's stereotypical, but he's almost perfectly stereotypical. You yeah. know that there was there. You know, there's people that would behave like this. Oh, 100%. Yep. I even I even know some people in real life when he acts the way he does. I'm like, oh, I know people just like this. <laughs> oh man. Well, how much? Hey, everybody, how much better is Tom in in, in the new one than the original? In, in y'all's opinion, for me, he uh, I think he's got a lot more going on. With that too, though. Well, I'm just again, I'm I'm only going off performances, and for me, that's a big deal. And at least I, I, at least in this version of of the story, it I found it just to be way more engaging. Not that the original isn't, and I do love the raw, primal feel of that movie. Sometimes they give his character but, more depth. Yeah, it's, he's more yeah. likable in this. Yeah, yeah. Like you can relate to him. You're like, oh, all he's right. Got more to do. Yeah, and, and 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 the only moment with him I hate is the shotgun to the gas tank. Yeah, <laughs> I did not understand that whatsoever. It made no sense. Crispy boy. Crispy boy. It is the crispy boy. Uh, yeah. That see, here's the thing. You know, um, yeah, I I just don't understand it. Like he seemed like uh like a like a dude who knew his way around some guns and he knew his way around some gas and you just you, <laughs> like there are signs to not have a cell phone around gas tanks and that's strictly as a precaution well, that stickers well, have been up since the 90s like i don't understand why you would shoot well in and around is, a gas tank the thing is is it's not even that he shoots the gas tank it's that he forgets he's got a lit torch in the back of the truck that's what causes the problem yeah, it's, but still, like, it's, it's I don't a know. clusterfuck of, a, yeah. of again, Maybe a happy a problem. This is a happy problem, guys, because this scene is awesome because of how fucking stupid it is. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, they, they torch it up good. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, the, the scene, <laughs> while, <laughs> while silly, uh, when he, when, as soon as you, he pulls out the gun to shoot the lock, I'm just like, Oh, that's not going to end well. And I get it. Like in the moment with the zombie surrounding him, he's there with his girlfriend, I'm assuming. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, maybe I'm pretty sure it was his girlfriend and panicking. he's panicking and not the first thing I would have done, but um, I get it. You know, it, it, someone had done it earlier where they shot through a door to, to kind of, or threatened to shoot through a door to open it. But like, at least when it goes up in flames, that is an amazing practical effect where it just goes up and explodes and it feels real so they capture that really well and and they did need to blow up the truck and the gas you know tank to kind of be like it was done way better than the original because you know when you shot it you saw the gra- the gas spraying because it's gonna be pressured and with the torch in the back like yeah it was done very well it made a lot more sense than the original where it's just shoot boom kind of thing yeah so one observation I have that, I mean, you could call it a minor continuity error, but just maybe me just thinking too much about this, 
you would never have your key to the gas pump in <laughs> fucking rickety old down steps, you know, on some weird bench in no. the back of the basement nope. behind a hat. Like it would never be there. Like that I keep all my be, keys in my rickety old basement, so you don't know what you're talking about. That <laughs> that would be like front and center, like you uh, the front door. You, there's the you, gas pump key. You, you say that, but I can tell you right now, when oh. my wife and I go visit her grandparents, oh shit, they're the kind of people that put all the backup spare keys in the basement on a hook because they're worried that someone's going to break into the house and steal the keys. If that oh, yeah. back Avoid the smash and grab, right? Then, yeah, yeah, I would be okay with that. But they made that well, sound like, here's the only key and you have to, you have to go on a vision quest and complete 17 levels <laughs> and yeah. level 43 the, before you can get this key. And I'm like, no. The, I know that one of the, I won't say it's this time, but after seeing the movie a couple of times, one of the thoughts I always had is, why did they go in the truck? Why didn't one of them sneak out, run past the zombies? They've already discussed that they can get past them, go out to the thing, check the keys, and if it is, you know, wave to them so that they know to bring the truck. Why drive all the way up there and realize you're stuck and you've now tracked all the zombies with the truck? If, yeah. if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, we need to get together and we'll survive this shit. Yeah. Real easy. Me Ryan up north in Canada. Yeah, there's no, there's no apocalypse. I keep saying like we need, we need some zombie content where they, where there's something happening in Canada because we usually get ignored. And I mean, the only apocalypse film I remember where we were even mentioned is we were just like, nah, Canada's frozen, and it was that Jake Gyllenhaal. The day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. I was just gonna say everything's frozen movie, uh, yeah. but not the let it go one. And um, I love that movie for how bad it was. Just yeah, it. Frozen's pretty. Oh, you're talking about uh, day after tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twelve is also good. Yeah, like Canada frozen. not involved in that one either. We we were fine. Should just. Well, I thought that's what you're talking about. That's the Jake Gyllenhaal one. Is twenty twelve? Is it twenty? I was talking no, about um, day after tomorrow. John Cusack is oh, twenty twelve. Wait, Jake Gyllenhaal is no. You're day right. After tomorrow. Day after tomorrow, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 2012 is John Cusack. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. Yeah. It's here's the thing about the keys. You're absolutely right. Um, The guy, so Tommy was related to the people on the house. Yep. He felt like he was very familiar with everything around the house. Um, Why they were so sure those were the keys when the keys for the gas pump literally said gas on them. You think (laughs) Tommy would have maybe known that if he was around and he knew of the gas pump. He knew it was locked. I mean, he was there helping Uncle Reg remodel the house. Yeah. I just, it, 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 it felt like one of those moments where you just needed that twist. You know, that we used to do a segment on the show. We did it for like a, a couple months. It was called Dead Decisions. And it was, oh, it was all about this, where it's like you had to make a decision. And there's always this twist. And, and in this movie, the twist is, oh, the key was in the cellar the whole time, but you weren't allowed in the cellar because you had the grumpy old guy down there. You know, yeah. and and it fits for the film. It fits for the '90s remake of a '68 film. You know, setup. So, <laughs> but yeah, it, people watching the movie 30 years after it's done, picking picking it apart is what it is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, that's half the fun, right? So, fucking a. All right, I want to say too. Like, go ahead, Tebow. Oh, oh uh, just to to hop on this this train of. Canada not being represented in apocalyptic films. Uh, 
Canada has been putting out some of the best horror movies of the last fucking 10 or 15 years, though. Well, or may, maybe, maybe even longer because Cube, on his The knee, Void. Ryan's pants. Keep going. What? What's no, dude? I'm I don't serious. represent all of Canada. Just just a small small portion. I want. I like talking about it though because I love Canada. Uh, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, and, and he loves Canada, and I love Kevin Smith. So I'm like, well, fucking hey, man, Canada. Yeah, he was in Degrassi. It was a pretty famous uh, bit that he did. So yeah, him and him and Jay. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he Jay married Marshall. me and my wife. Anyway, no, uh, Jay Jason Muse. Uh, oh. I love Kevin Smith. Anywho. No, but for real, Canada represent. If I didn't live in Louisiana, I'd live in Canada. Boom. Cool. Yeah. There you go. It it's a great spot to be. I I have to say I feel very lucky to be here. But uh, you know, you, you are right. There's a lot of um great you know uh, zombie and horror films that are shot in Canada, set in Canada, produced in Canada. And I mean, we've watched a couple recently. Um, Blood Quantum being one of them, and and I and I really like that film. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pontypool, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, you know, Pontypool is not far from from here. I remember I knew of the town before I knew of the film, and when it was brought up on the show, I was like, "That sounds so familiar." And it turns out it is straight up a, a small village, um, just just north of of where I live. So um, uh, there, I remember taking up. I went up there and I took a picture of their sign, and it was like it was just something so nice and quaint. And I was like. That's not a zombie movie at all. So, uh, it, <laughs> it, all it, the scary ones when it's in the middle of nowhere, like the crazies, for example. The crazies was filmed not far from where I live. Yeah, and even a crazier story is a buddy of mine was actually in the movie. Um, it, 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 he was playing baseball in high school when it was being shot. So that's even a whole other side story. But yeah, it's 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 like I'm just kind of drawn, you know, not to go on a t- side tangent, but I'm drawn to those more personal stories like Pontypool or the crazies where it's set in a small town because you're like, holy fuck. Yeah, that can happen to me. You know? uh, interesting thing. Uh, if you've ever seen, uh, uh, I think it's called uh, night of the living Deb. It's yeah. basically, it's, yeah, it's but, a comedy. It's a com- comedy movie. Yeah. Uh, almost all the outside shots and the building, they film a bunch of stuff on. They are supposed to be on top of a news building those were all filmed in downtown Portland, Maine. Uh, the outside scene where they're, they're like walking down that sidewalk street and there's like a bunch of stuff. That is, that is a block from where my mother lived. I've walked down that same street. Uh-oh. It's weird when I watch that movie. I'm like, I actually know that stoop. I, it's weird. Really and, the news, and the news building they film on top of really is a news building. And it is like the local Fox affiliate. <laughs> Damn. Part of uh, the Blob 88, right? Is it 88 or 86? Yep. 88. Yeah. 88 uh, was filmed in Abbey. So you should know. Well, uh, uh, hey, man, I, I can't get these numbers right all the time. Uh, <laughs> I've been drinking these blue moons. The, um, a lot of the outside stuff was filmed in Abbeville, Louisiana, which is not far from where I'm born and raised. Yep. I, lo- I love that kind of shit too, man. That, that, that locations and, and, they become iconic through the films. It's, it's, it's yeah. really, I, I just it's like the fact magic. that anything that seems to be night of the living dead is almost all of it is filmed in Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, the only, and, I mean, my Shyamalan represent again, he films and, all his shit in Pennsylvania. And the other thing too, is, is, you know, the one Romero movie I can think of that isn't filmed in Pennsylvania is, uh, 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 day of the dead. 
and that's filmed in uh, uh, Fort Myers, Florida, which is like the weirdest part of Florida for them to do any kind of filming. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I, I only learned that when I, I was in the zombie movies and everything. I only learned that because my dad lived in Fort Myers and there's all kinds of signs talking about how Day of the Dead was filmed there. And I was like, really? That's your pride? That you feel the Day of the Dead was filmed here? It's everywhere. They even have, uh, the, the Red Sox have a, a farm league there and they wear uh, zombie outfits like three times a year Whoa, to celebrate that it. That is uh, awesome. That uh, that almost makes me want to watch a baseball game. <laughs> almost, almost. If zombies were playing baseball, fuck yeah, I'd watch that shit. Sure. They'd be tearing the fans up. It'd be crazy. All right, we're getting uh, over that ninety-minute mark here, so let's get into our final thoughts on this movie. Ryan, I know you had something you wanted to bring up, so I'm going to give you the floor. Right. Well. I think like with this film, um, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, my opinion on the zombie genre is, uh, I think that the genre is capable of good quality entertainment. And yes, there's a lot of bad stuff. And I always give Lou a hard time. Sometimes you really dunk on the walking dead when you watch some of the crappiest zombie movies out there. And I get it. It's, it's, it's okay to love the bad stuff as much as you love the good stuff. And sometimes when stuff, isn't great but just is kind of okay like it feels worse than the bad stuff i i told that might not make sense but i i understand no, that, that's sloppy seconds i agree yep. yeah so with this film i think you're really getting like uh not only a great remake but a great zombie movie and probably when you think about it you know when it comes to the night like a 1990 film there really wouldn't be like another big zombie hit until like gosh like 28 days later feels like the next big film to to make it into the you know the the mainstream right i'm i'm yeah. sure i'm forgetting lou you can probably correct me but no this there are others between there and here and there but 28 day, days later was kind of the thing that rebooted the genre for that, the early that 2000s 100% was yeah, yeah, that and, and the Dawn of the Dead remake, both yeah, of those. Which came, yes. Yeah, they, they were within like two years of each other, yeah, I think. Oh, two and oh four, I think. Yeah. yeah. So those two films right there are the reason. Yeah, that was 12 that, years. Yeah. Uh, those are the two films that reintroduced me to the zombie genre after um, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, which was the first thing that got me into zombies. And uh, I'd just been sort of, you know, digesting ever since of, you know, going back and watching a bunch of films and watching new ones as well. But this film specifically, like, you know, you've got Tony Todd in the le a leading role, and he's fantastic. All the acting is superb. Usually when you have these type of films, you have a couple of, you know, actors that are overacting. But, but it all fits within what you need from a 90s zombie movie. And I, I just, I loved it. I, I was glad uh, that we got a chance to watch it. I'm surprised we haven't, we haven't watched it yet for our show, but... Um, it's really, it's a really great movie, and honestly, probably would make the list of like movies that you should watch if you're starting with the genre. Like if yep. you're looking at Night of the Living Dead, watch both the '68 and the '90 version. And I think you get two very good, different experiences, and gives you a good snapshot of what zombies were near the beginning, and zombies were sort of in the middle, you know, before Dawn yeah. of the Dead remake and 28 Days Later, and then Walking Dead, right? So it's 
it's kind of like the second phase of the zombie genre of this film. Final likes and dislikes in your rating, Ryan. And then we're going to move on to Lou. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really liked the movie. I, like I said, all the actors were great. Tony Todd's great. Um, the, the only dislike I can think of was the guy shooting the gas pump that felt too stupid. He, he the, the character seems smarter. They, he should have, he should have been done some stupider stuff earlier. Like we talk about that balance to kind of make up for that. It felt like a big swing. Um, the music was nineties is all hell. So for nineties horror. So I don't know if I can call that a dislike. It's more just a problem of the time, but, uh, but yeah, rating, man, I'm generally usually a very positive person. So you got to, depending on how you see these types of films, you might want to knock a few points off, but I'd go like eight and a half. I really liked it. Very nice. Lou page. Uh, Right off the bat, uh, I, I make no qualms about it. Uh, this is If I've got to watch A Night of the Living Dead, this is the version I choose to usually watch. Um, I love everything about this movie, the special effects. Uh, one of my favorite things about this movie is it's before the time of the digital effect. Everything is a physical effect. There is nothing digital. There's no fake splash of blood. There's no... There's no there's no the car is a real explosion it's not some digital effect i just watched something the other night and they blow up a car and you can tell they didn't blow up a car the other night in the show i was watching because it was so cg it was even for the time it was made it was just you could tell that that's where they didn't have budget and this they blow up a car and you don't see that anymore and so so for me i love this movie my biggest gripes is there's some really bad editing. Cooper annoys me, but it's not a deterrent. It's part of the plot, whatever. I, I, I think just, I'm always bummed that Ben dies. But I know it's coming, and I always go, no, oh, yeah. Ben's going to die. Uh, but I, 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 there's nothing about this movie I truly hate. There's nothing, I, I pretty much enjoy this movie from the moment I sit down to watch it to the moment it ends. I have a friend who hates this movie for one thing and one thing only, and it makes me want to slap him upside the head. She <laughs> has the line outside when she gets rescued by those people, and they're shooting the zombies in the tree, and she goes, they are us, and we are them. And the guy next to her goes, what'd you say? And she goes, nothing, never mind. And, and he hates that line of dialogue because he feels like it doesn't need to be said. And I'm like, of course it needs to be said. It needs to be said. Because sometimes people are too stupid to realize what's going on. Fucking A. I felt like that after I saw uh, No Country for Old Men in theaters. People got up and said, what the hell was that? Yeah. And I was like, you don't know what you just saw, do you? No. And, and, and because, of, because of that moment, he hates that movie, this movie. And I've always argued with him. No, no, no. <laughs> this is, one, this is the one moment that ruins it for him. Yeah, it, it, the whole rest of the movie, he's like, oh, it's great, till that moment. Then they go to spell oh. it out for it. Oh, and I'm always like, the pretentious ass. But, <laughs> but uh, like I said, this, I, I love this movie. If I got to give it a rating, I give it a nine. I mean, I, I, I won't give it a 10 just because I don't, uh, the editing issues I have with it, but everything else with the movie is just fantastic. Wow. Fucking A. Do you want me to go or do you want to go? I 
I mean, I can go if you want me to, dude. You can go. You tell uh, me. You want to go last or do you want me to go last? I'll go ahead. I'll, I'm going to say this. So I, I grew up with the 68 version. Um, watching James Rolfe do commentary for it for Monster Madness one year was a great surprise. And um, it was it's awesome. Go, go seek it out. Cinemassacre.com. Free plug. But having watched this version of the film, I love the performances more. I don't have a problem with the editing because I, I kind of, like I said, I, it's like I'm finding these happy problems with the film, even Ben's dumb ideas. And, and then when they, <laughs> all the loud banging, the hammering, the craziness of that, but the gore, the zombie effects, uh, Ryan made the point that this is like a mid precursor or, or I'm, I'm misquoting you, but, it's like the in-between points of how we view zombies um, as a zeitgeist or in the zeitgeist. And that, that, that's a, that's a cool observation. I don't have problems with this movie. Any, I like a lot of the shit going on in it. And personally, I would, I would have given this like, like about where Ryan's at an eight, eight and a half, but you know what? Boss tuna story earlier really inspired me. And I'm a Joe Bob, motherfucking fans so he got me into horror too you know what man 10 out of 10 for the remake of night of the living dead this movie's fucking awesome if people haven't seen this movie they need to scope it out if you're a horror fan that has not watched this movie like me ever until this first time holy fucking shit seek it out and i i, I i'm not doling this 10 out as like a uh a, a, a like a trivial trivial thing uh, or frivolous thing frivolous yeah. i i think this is uh worth you you got to see this um and know the stories behind the original and this remake like dive into the lore of the romero zombie movies like know all of this shit and go into this movie and just be like like i was or how i feel blown away this movie's fucking awesome okay so Lou and Ryan, I'll share with you my rating for the OG was a 10 out of 10. And when watching this movie and comparing it and rating it, there's a couple things that obviously I feel that the original does better. But this movie here, I'm not going to go into an in-depth analysis of comparison and contrasting and what I like better you know, from the, whatever. Real quickly, I just want to say that I like Barbara's character way better in this one. Um, you know, it, it, and it's not that it's, you know, part of it is the whole, you know, allure of having a strong female lead in 1990, but I just think that her character fits the movie better because it's not what you expect, whether or not we're talking social, socially or, or whatever. Her, her character is just a better character. Lou said it, best when he was just saying she's just a lot more likable and there's a lot more characters in this that are more likable i like the ending of this better um i think that if i had to compare i think the first movie does a better job of making harry cooper the asshole he's you know tom towels is is a stud and he does a great job with this but you know when when tibu was saying earlier about the overall acting being better in this one than the last one. I do have to agree with them. However, I think that 
the almost overacting or whatnot you would have in the first one was better because it made you hate Harry Cooper more. And I want to say that that added to my enjoyment of the ending of this one better because it's not what you expected. I like the Mm -hmm. small, subtle curves, swerves, change-ups they threw up this one with the zombie in the beginning, the ending with Harry Cooper getting what he deserved. Um, You know, this one I, I feel did a better portrayal with rural life at the end. And, and Ryan, you know, being up where you're at, you know, Ryan and I being up in the middle of nowhere, up in the north, densely populated, I feel like they did a better job of, like, the rednecks. I mean, I know the first one touched on this as well, too, but when you got these rednecks going around crushing beers and <laughs> shooting, hanging, I mean, that's what would happen, 100% what would happen up in the middle of nowhere, Canada, and, you know, northern densely populated minnesota the last five minutes of the movie i thought were, were, were done pretty well so overall very impressed with this movie there is subtle throwbacks they did you know for example like just the changes they did when the cooper daughter died and she bit her mom in the neck you know in the first one she was killed with the trowel the garden trowel this one she gets bit in the neck and blood splatters on the trowel. It's just like a little, like, hey, did you yes. catch that kind of thing? Because we're throwing this back to 1968. So there's some things I thought that were done very well on this. And for that reason, I am giving this also a 10 out of 10. And if I had to choose, like Lou said, that even though I think the first one's a perfect film as well, and I just said the word film, so I'm going to take a sip. <laughs> you better I would choose that shit. to watch the 1990 version over this one most of it due to nostalgia with you know this being the movie that got me into the whole two bits so that's where I come in at Boss Tuna's coming in at a 10 Tibu's coming in at a 10 Ryan is still at an impressive 8.5 and the busy zombie lord Lou Page is coming in at a 9 out of 10 that's an average of a really high number. <laughs> nines. It's in the nines. In the I nines. feel bad. I kind of brought our score down. I thought I was going to be high, but uh, no. yeah. No, it's, it's a very good movie. I'm glad you guys both liked it. I mean, that, that's, that's all I have to say about this. Do you guys have anything else you want to finish with? Not really. I, I, I got nothing. To, like I said, I watch anything with Tony Todd, and I, and I always forget how skinny he is in this. Candy corn. <laughs> no, I, I just want to say, like, I'm, I, again, blown away by this movie. I, I did not expect to love this as much as I did. And, and I'm saying, yeah, eight and a half to a nine. But, but Boss Tuna, you brought that shit up, man. You really did. This movie's important. It's important, <laughs> folks. It inspired somebody to get into the horror genre it that that's awesome to me like that really that I'm, I'm being real too that hits me on a personal level i think that shit's fucking great check it out for sure i mean it's it's i know there's some people out there that don't like black and white or whatnot this is a very good movie it's different enough in that it's not like watching the original so they should have let savini start it in black and white and fade like wizard of oz style i think that would have been pretty cool I think that would have been nice to see. And he did that for the first like 10 seconds, if you notice that, when they had the the intro cards coming in. 
it was. I like did not cool. notice that. No. Yeah. Not 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 what he wanted, but it's still pretty good. So okay, well, for myself, Boss Tuna, for Tibu, for the busy zombie lord, for Lou Page, we are signing out. And I want to tell you guys, go check out Zombies Ate My Podcast. These guys have been doing it since like the 70s. They've got 1,043 <laughs> episodes out. They're all awesome. Start from the beginning because they're, they're awesome. And you'll everyone, get- everyone should check out Zombies Ate My Podcast. But before we go, there's something that we need to do. Um, Ryan is a first-time guest. So. Ryan, did you think you were going to get through here without running the gauntlet? I have no idea what that is. Oh, we, thought, we forgot about it, but... I thought you did. Honestly, I thought... They mentioned something about some sort of... Yep. I had a funny feeling that they didn't forget. No. Because <laughs> I would have just tricked you into our outro, but your good buddy Lou was like, you better give him a little bit of a heads up. So I gave you a heads up earlier. But true. I just want to tell our, our fans out there listening with your kids in the car or with your parents or those that are easily offended, now is your time to tune out because right now we are going to make Ryan Murphy run the gauntlet. Ryan Murphy, are you ready to run the gauntlet? I have no idea what this is, so maybe? <laughs> These are one-word answers. They're oh, okay. shotgun fire. I'm going to run them at you quick. You have to nail them off as fast as you can. No hesitation. Don't even think about it, man. It's, it's, it's faster if you don't think about it. Oh, yep, great. Go through it. Run the gauntlet, bro. Ryan Murphy, are you ready to run the gauntlet? Sure, yeah. Pizza or burgers? Oh, pizza. Beer or liquor? Beer. Hockey, football, baseball, or basketball? I have to say hockey. Ass or titties? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Titties, I guess. <laughs> or sit when you wipe? Wait, can you repeat the question? <laughs> Stand or sit when you wipe? Sit. Who stands? <laughs> Homebody or out with friends? Homebody. Fishing or hunting? <sighs> Fishing. Cannibal Holocaust or a Serbian film? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think he's seen either film. <laughs> okay. Rather go blind or rather go deaf? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> deaf, I guess. Top half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie or bottom half of Hulk Hogan and bottom half of Margot Robbie? Wait, two bottom halves? Or wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, no. half. I don't I <laughs> I have no idea. Um I I don't know. Uh yeah, Hulk Hogan is pretty great, I guess, but uh I don't know. Top half Hulk Hogan, bottom half Margaret. That'd be that just be that'd be interesting to see, to be honest. Penis sized nipples or nipple sized penis? <laughs> penis size. For who? <laughs> oh, for me. Um, <laughs> penis-sized nipples. You can probably tuck those in somewhere. Rock or country? Oh, rock. Cats or dogs? Cats. Dogs. Doggy or missionary? Uh, 
I feel like this is a quiz you're going to compile and suddenly you're going to know my social insurance number or something. Um, uh, missionary. Freddy, Jason, Michael, or Leatherface? Freddy. Slasher, zombie, supernatural, or creature feature? I think you know where this is going. Ah, oh, man, you know what? I, I feel like I have to say zombie, but if I'm being honest, it's supernatural. <laughs> Lou, did you hear that? Uh, oh, Chuck- well, I, I suspected that answer. Yeah, uh-huh. Lou knows me. Chucky or Leprechaun? Oh, man, both freak me out so much. Um, <laughs> the Leprechaun movies scarred me. <laughs> oh, Ricky's going to love that answer. Uh, yeah. Um, Oops. There's a second. The, uh, oh, yeah, no, quickly. Um, uh, wait, are we talking? What was the question? What's more scary? Chucky or Leprechaun? Oh, Chucky. John Carpenter or Wes Craven? Wes Craven. Ari Aster or Jordan Peele? Uh, I'm not familiar with Ari Aster, but I know Jordan Peele, so I'll go Jordan Peele. 90s or 2000s horror? <sighs> 2000s. Hills Have Eyes or the the original or the remake? The the remake, only because I think I saw that one. Slow Burns or To the Point? <clears throat> God, um, to the Point. First horror movie you ever saw? Hmm. You'd think I would remember uh, first horror movie. Alien? Favorite horror movie of all time? Uh, well, that one's easier. Dawn of the Dead remake, the one with Whoa. the guy from Modern Family. Oh, That's wow. it. Boom. Ryan Murphy, you survived the gauntlet. Congratulations, and thank you for playing unwillingly. Or unknowingly. <laughs> there's some uh, there's some interesting questions in there, and uh, yeah, like uh, no one, no, there was no like just so the listeners understand, there was no like heads up. It was just like you're gonna run the gauntlet. You no d- heads description. Up anybody else have? I'll take yes, it. that's true. Lou is nice enough. Lou knows me. Like uh, I, don't I, like I, I told them, don't spring it on him. At least let him know that something's coming. That's yes, all. I do appreciate that. But uh, solid questions, and like I was worried, like, oh man, is this going to be some like dead decision run back? It's like, no. Then pizza burgers, like that's a good setup question because I think it really sets the tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The pizza burgers really sets. There's the tone. nothing. There's nothing nefarious about the gauntlet. It's all fun. No, it's, it's all, all fun. fun. It's for a laugh. Um, hey, guys, I'm honored to have you on. I've been a fan of your show for a long time. I'm very glad you're able to join us. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you so much. Um, go check out Ryan and Lou's podcast, Zombie Ate My Podcast. Go check Zombies out Zombies Ate My Podcast. Go check out Tibu at the nightclub. And with that, I hope it was as good for you as it was for us. Boom. Mm, that was incredible. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. <laughs> 